Hey, if you're invested in the Las Vegas mayoral race, and really, we should all be, you're going to want to check out the Nevada Independent Mayoral Forum on Wednesday, May 15th at the Fountain Blue. The Indy CEO, John Ralston, will be moderating a live panel with the three frontrunners. You know, it could get spicy, so don't miss it. Tickets are available at thenevadaindependent.com slash events. And as a bonus for CityCast Las Vegas members, we've got two pairs of tickets we're giving away tonight. So make sure to join at membership.citycast.fm if you haven't already. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind y'all about the listener survey that we have. Yes, you're going to help us sell ads and make the show sustainable. How? You're going to go to citycast.fm forward slash survey. And you can get a chance to win a $250 gift card. You win. We win. We all win. Do it. Thanks. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I'm here with my co-host, David Figler, and our lead producer, Sonia Cho Swanson. And we're talking about new protections for trans folks, the return of some free parking, and battle bots. It's Friday, June 2nd. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Hello, David and Sonia. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. We're doing things. I know it's like both good and bad because David, I mean, you live the closest to Donut Bar and that's not a place you can go get donuts from. Sad face. Wasn't my favorite. Just saying. Damn, David, just cold off the top. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you're going to bring it up. I'm going to knock it down. Here's the one good thing that we do know is that we're not... We we're coming out net zero on donut uh, shops, not negative one, because they're being replaced <laughs> by a Carl's Donuts, which is opening their second location at that donut bar location. So mm. there will still be excellent donuts downtown. Sure. Aww. Sure. Donuts Those for everybody. Those are the only ones. <laughs> I had so much fun eating donuts with y'all. That was the best. Yeah. Yes. And if you haven't listened to our donut throwdown, you definitely should because it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yes, RIP Donut Bar. And there's another like obvious thing that David is totally right about Vegas, that it is a city of grief and, and you're not a local till your favorite spot is closed. So uh, we wish we wish the Donut Bar owners well. Hopefully they get to go do other wonderful things they enjoy. Here, here. Okay. David, can you tell us what's going on with the legislature in regards to our transgender community? Oh, well, that that's interesting. Um, transgender legislation, uh, anti-LGBT legislation is at an all-time high across the country. Uh, The ACLU is tracking almost 500 anti-LGBT bills, many of them involving trans athletes' participation, uh, trans kids' access to health care, etc. Las Vegas seemed to be immune from that, uh, and, and really the whole state. In, in fact, we're not on anyone's watch list, and it's more of a trans-friendly state uh, based on legislation that has passed here uh, over the years. And that makes sense. It's kind of part of our 
you know, our own brand of libertarian live and let liveism that sort of pervades the entire state. And so things were kind of going along smoothly. And in this legislative session, there were a number of trans protection bills that were moving forward. And then all of a sudden, some things started happening. Uh, first kind of flashpoint was in Douglas County, uh, out in the rurals there. And their school board uh, were about to consider a transgender student policy that was going to essentially preclude some people from participating in some sports, using bathrooms, that whole thing, right? I mean, this is ground zero for the culture wars across the country, and we thought Nevada was not going to be in it, but Douglas County puts us in it. So ACLU threatens Douglas County, says we're going to challenge that unconstitutionality. Douglas County backs off for a second, but says we're going to consider this bill maybe later in the summer. And then a bill that had nothing to do with LGBT rights uh, involving the Board of Regents, the senator uh, from my district, uh, Fabian Donate, uh, put on an amendment that kind of sailed through uh, without there really being a vote, basically stopping places like Douglas County from being able to do that. So it's kind of like a shield to stop any of these laws to ever be put in place in the future. Yeah, I mean, it not only is a shield, but it fines entities like a school board $5,000 a day for wow. for putting that in place. And while it wasn't specifically stated as a response to the Douglas County action, most uh, observers felt that that mm. was what was going on. Shots well, fired. Yeah, well, <laughs> and so then all of a sudden, now we're talking about the culture war stuff here, right? Hmm. And uh, Ira Hansen, who is an interesting character in the legislature. He's pretty right uh, wing out there. Took to the floor and was just berating it, calling it the Bud Light Amendment in reference to the controversy over uh, the the beer manufacturer's uh, advertising campaign to a degree involving a transgender Which person. Supposedly, yes, yeah, supportive of LGBTQ uh, uh, culture and rights, and then had a lot of conservative folks in uproar. Yeah, and caused huge financial damage to um, the Bud Light brand. They they lost a lot of business because of, of a boycott coming from the right. And so uh, by labeling it that, it picked up in national news. The Assembly, which is controlled by the Democrats, rejected that amendment, uh, sending it back to the Senate saying, we don't, that's not what we wanted, I guess. And the legislature is moving really fast now at the end, so anything could happen. But that was kind of some warning shots that were going back and forth. Meanwhile, you know, we have a Republican governor and something then happened that was a little surprising, maybe to some onlookers, which was that the governor uh, signed the first bill that made it to him. Uh, that wow. was SB 153, and that uh, involves uh, trans and non-binary uh, people who are incarcerated and how they are treated. And so this measure uh, requires the Nevada Department of Corrections to implement rules to make sure that those protections are in place. The Nevada Department of Corrections, to their credit, testify neutral. Uh, they didn't oppose it. They didn't come up with some BS reasons why they couldn't do it. They just said, hey, if you tell us to do it, we're going to do it, which uh, I think probably convinced the governor that this was decent legislation to sign. Hmm. Sonia, I mean, thinking about that, given that Lombardo has signed some of the abortion protections into law, but also vetoed some gun control measures, do you think he's trying to play a middle of the road role here? 
Yeah, it does seem to me that he's uh, in some ways trying to follow in the footsteps of uh, uh, Republican Governor Sandoval, who played certainly like a, a more middle of the road position. The fact that he signed this first bill into law seems to portend something pretty hopeful for the second bill, the one about school districts. I mean, look, what I'm actually kind of thinking about now is Lombardo billing himself as the education governor, right? And mm. the fact that he's aligned himself with some conservative right-wing groups when it comes to school choice. He's, you know, showed up in person to talk to some folks at these, some of these like religious schools and hear their concerns and push forward some of their agendas in the legislature. So that gives me pause when I think about the second bill having to do with school districts. And there's other bills that are floating out there, too. And again, you know, didn't know that that would be something that would rise to the level of discourse in Nevada, but it is, um, are, are creating these sort of fear-based scenarios that may be completely detached from reality. I haven't heard of a lot of transgender students attacking people in bathrooms <laughs> or assaulting them outside of bathrooms or anything like that. And yet that seems to be really the predominant theme of opposition that is getting louder and louder, even in states like Nevada. Well, the thing about it, too, is if we don't look at the the full scope of the, the, the picture, then I think we'll start missing a lot of different other ways that people are vulnerable. So like last night, I was at a poetry slam and a poet went up and was talking about that they they were violated in a locker room by another girl. And when they came out and told their parents, like, oh, this girl, you know, violated me, like, oh, well, girls can't do that to girls, like that it mm. doesn't exist. And so to to throw away sexuality and not think about that across the board, we're we're leaving people really, really vulnerable. So I hope this makes people rethink how how are our bathrooms structured? How are, are our locker rooms structured? Like, I was never comfortable with just, like, changing during PE. I was always uncomfortable with that process, regardless of which gender um, was in the room. And so I think learning more about our own bodies and, and getting getting better information and then treating people as individuals is going to be the best way to go. So I hope Nevada kind of just maintains that. I mean, generally speaking, there are a lot of protections out there, but and it goes to like this idea also of parental choice, right? School mm -hmm. choice is entwined with parental choice, even though mm -hmm. in Nevada now we all know that just means being able to send your kids to religious schools. But, um, <laughs> you know, medical decisions are the crux of a bunch of the bills that we're seeing out there. And the line against that is, well, parents should have the ability to you know, stop their kids from doing this and we shouldn't be doing these things to kids. But you go down that pathway, there's so much inconsistency. Uh, you can start talking about vaccine. You could talk about circumcision. I mean, you could talk about a million different things with regard to health choices and parents, et cetera. Uh, it all gets muddled up because they're just trying to oversimplify things. Uh, I think Lombardo would be more likely to, you know, put the brakes on some of the broader medical health care components, uh, especially for trans youth, uh, it's complicated, straight up. So we know the Nevada legislature is moving pretty quickly because it is the end of their session. So as the time of this recording, AB 423, as well as other medical-based bills affecting the transgender community are still up in the air. So we'll keep following you closely.
Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden-up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So let's talk about better things, y'all. Let's talk about parking and how we might get some more free parking back. We're reclaiming our parking. Yes. So important. So important. It's so important. Sonia, tell us what's going on. Yeah, so we just heard the news that the Strat, no longer the Stratosphere, the Strat, is bringing back free parking dun, 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 dun. for locals. So what you have to do is you have to show you have a valid Nevada ID, you know, like the same way I think that they do it at the uh, the outlet malls. The outlet you know, malls, yep. Right, downtown. Um, and then you get free parking. So this this feels like a little bit of like a, a swing, the pendulum swing back towards free parking, perhaps. Um, a month ago, the Mirage announced that they would also offer free parking to locals. This is a reversal of a, of a trend that started, I want to say, around seven or eight years ago when the MGM Resorts announced that they were going to start charging for parking. There was a, a leaked memo. I read this in Thrillist in uh, 2016, a leaked internal memo obtained by Thrillist that said that acknowledges that even their own employees were going to probably react strongly, possibly negatively to the announcement. But then following that, the chief operating officer of MGM Resorts said there will be initial backlash. But a month from now, three months from now, people will completely forget about it. Wow. Well, Falser words have never been spoken because <laughs> Las Vegas locals, when it comes to free parking, have a long memory. We have long been resentful about that. So I'm seeing a little bit of a shift now with the Mirage and the Strat now offering free parking to locals. The one thing I think is interesting here is that you have to show Nevada ID. So it makes me wonder if there's an element of tracking involved in this. It's no longer you just kind of mm. like go in, park where you want and then leave and nobody's the wiser. They're scanning your ID. So that gives me a little bit of pause. But you wow, know, Sonia, waited, waited, just pomp, pomp. I know. Sorry to turn a parking. great thing into a so-so thing. There are commentators out there who watch this stuff who are like, "This is a big nothing burger." Because really, how many locals are going to these properties? Going to the Mirage? Going to the Strat? Uh, you know, any marketing campaign trying to get locals to come is maybe not the wisest, as as those in the know have said. Um, mm. 
but we do love free parking. We love the concept. And now and again, we do have to go to the Mirage or the Strat for whatever purpose. Right. Look, when I drive through and I get to like scan my car as a Nevada and I have my guest from out of town in the back seat, I feel so proud of myself being like, yes, let me show you out of towner what I can do as a local. Right. I mean, sure. I mean, OK, let me ask. <laughs> let me ask you guys. Why are we as Las Vegans so freaking attached to free parking? Why does it matter so much to us? It's like one of the greatest perks in the world is free parking. And also on the other side of it, like it's a very lucrative business. <laughs> like if I was ever going to retire, I would open up a paid parking lot because mm. in the middle of like the Bay Area or like somewhere else. Oh, like that. sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, car culture is everywhere. Oh, no, I think you're right, David. Car culture, because we all, most of us have cars, because it's, there's not a lot of public transit that makes it easy to move around the city. I think you're right on the nose, David. We all, as long as we're all stuck driving, <laughs> then we want free parking, damn it. And they built so much damn parking. In fact, it's often required for new businesses mm -hmm. to provide for mm -hmm. ample parking, which is why you get that strip mall with 8,000 spots in it in... Uh, it just encourages more driving, which yeah. is not the best. I have some crazy stats for you guys. You ready? Yeah. Did you know that in America, for every car, we have three to seven parking spots? Huh. And that in most American downtowns, between 25 to 50 percent of the surface area is parking? Isn't that wild? Wow. Should be housing. Yeah. Be nice if it was housing. David. I mean, you know. Shout out to Neonopolis, <laughs> my favorite place to park. Underground. <laughs> what are your favorite free parking spots, either downtown or on the Strip? Oh, it's not free. <laughs> I was like, it's just the most sensible one and like gotcha. easy to get in and out of. There is one secret, one secret free parking spot left in the Arts District. It's <gasps> only free on Sundays and holidays, but it is still free. Where? Oh, you think I'm going to tell you? I was like, David's not giving up the goods. Stop that. But there is one. It's David's house. There's That's where I'm going to start playing. my house. David's house. <laughs> Although we do, you know, I looked at my, my credit card and how much I've been paying in parking for downtown for the month of April. Uh, hmm. And it was significant enough that for the month of May, we've been walking, which we wow. can. And the weather's still nice. And I think that might be a bigger challenge for June, but it actually changed uh, my pattern, which on some level is a planning strategy to get people to drive less. So what's one alternative to free parking that y'all would accept? Like what concession would you need if, if a casino didn't give locals free parking? Oh man, I mean, I gotta get something free. I gotta, you know what I mean? Cause for me, it's like, <laughs> give here's me something. Free, yeah, cause I mean, free parking is our, I think of it as our state religion in mm -hmm. Las Vegas. It's like, <laughs> it's the thing we get for having to put up with tourists, right? <laughs> So they got to give me something free, like give me some kind of like a free meal or some free drinks or just something to like be like acknowledging the fact that you are driving through this horrible traffic uh, because this is like the thing we put up with as Las Vegans. What about you, David? I want them to ban smoking. I know it's never going to happen. Wow. I, I want them to follow OSHA one. rules and protect dealers and other casino workers from secondhand smoke. But that's not the Vegas way. But that would be the concession. I would pay for parking if we could make our casinos less smoky, less gross smelling and more protective for our workers. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. I love that, David. Yeah. That's so thoughtful. Mine is not thoughtful at all. I don't even know what it would. I, 
free parking or nothing. Like, give me free yeah, parking. Yeah, F you. I'm parking here no matter what. Uh, I see Vogue just going right I'll... through the crossbar. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't pulling no ticket. Here's your ticket. Here's my, and you just shoot your finger up. This. Here's your ticket. You know. Here's my local ID, middle finger. I would watch that TV show of myself driving through. <laughs> Fast and uh, Furious City Cast Las Vegas Edition. Fast and Furious Vogue Robinson. Yeah. Love. Family! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. Um, well, you know, I feel like the community knows where City Cast Las Vegas stands. Uh, very close by to please give me my free parking with my ID. But maybe don't scan the front, just scan the back uh, for Sonia's safety. So thank you. <laughs> these are the goals. Uh, and, you know, if you're going to make us keep paying for parking, then yes, find, find some other ways to protect our, our dealers, our, our workers in the casinos. Thank you. I like it. Okay, so let's talk about destruction now. Uh, for your listening pleasure, <laughs> let's talk about battle freaking bots. <laughs> battle so, bots? Battle, battle bots. bots. Oh, I love battle bots. I love battle bots. What is this? It's a TV show where, like, yeah, people build their own robots that are literally just built for destruction. Uh, they name them. They put little cutesy designs Engineering on them. Engineering nerds having a field day and being popular. It's awesome. I love it. It's, yes. it's Technically, it's sports. But it's sports and science. It has the cage match ridiculous over-the-top feel. Uh, people may or may not remember my spouse is like in love with wrestling. And so watching a couple of clips it definitely looks like wrestling so the ring or you know the squared circle whatever you want to call it uh has multiple revolving like obstacles it's not just them fighting each other with their like act built-in axes there's chainsaw thingies along the lines of the edges so like if you it's like it's the ring itself is dangerous on top of your opponent is dangerous but you know the the people who play look like big kids with their um remote controls like how you fly the planes yeah i mean this is just remote control (laughs) taking to the destruction uh degree (laughs) Right. And so it's you can watch there's it's a show now, but you can watch it on Discovery and Discovery Plus. But they also have extended their stay in Las Vegas and they have the first the world's first daily robot combat show and it's exclusive to Vegas. Are you serious? Yeah, there's a facility. There's the BattleBot Stadium. Deadlift wasn't able to get underneath Jackpot. Now it does. Almost got a lift there. Using that bleeding lifter, and then goes weapon to weapon. So, are there like rules, to the, or is it kind of like a free for all? Like, can you basically create a robot that's like a bomb or something, or can you like, you know? No, you have to submit your plans first, and then there's a proving ground as well. So, like, you submit your plans, and they're like, "Don't build a robot just because you want to build a robot. That's dangerous. Uh-huh. Calm down." submit your plans and then after you submit your plans if we approve it then go ahead and start building it and then it's got to go through the testing ground which is very much kind of how wrestling is too where you have to go through like the lower levels and have those fights and then then you can get into it but the 
they want you to build and control your combat robots to demonstrate their creativity, the engineering skills, and their drivability. So it's it has multi levels to the way that they handle their scores. It just looks ridiculous. <laughs> And of course, there's limitations. I mean, they can't like spew hydraulic acid everywhere or something like that. There's like some some levels of destruction would be even too much for the battle bots. Although there's there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. I mean, when those you can have a flipper, a pounder or a grabber. Those are are your types. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I feel like we need a city cast field trip to battle bots. Battle box arena. That's what they call it. Battle box (laughs) arena. The tickets run between 47 bucks to 153 bucks, but you can get a family pack, buy three, three, and then get four tickets. So we can go. <laughs> four of us can go for the price of three. So we can go and experience this, and there are some fire and a bunch of other random things. Yeah, yeah. You see fire. You see devices come out of the robot. I, I'm curious. I'm wondering if <laughs> yes. some of them are like injected with AI and they're becoming sentient and like. Oh my God, don't scare us, David. That's low key my stressor. But um, would that mean that Las Vegas is ground zero for the robot invasion because we have all the battle bots well, here? All the battle bots are here and they are not on our side. I'm going to tell you that right now when they take control. And also, it low key gives like the, my problem with Pokemon vibes where it's like, mm, you built the thing, it's only for fighting. Like they people do rebuild, like they're our favorites. So nobody just, they don't just throw away their bots if it doesn't work. They keep it and like rebuild it. But you and know, sometimes I, they get messed up. I mean, I'm, yes, I've seen some, some really sad carcasses of once mighty battle bots on the playing oh. field. Yeah. But yes, they do get messed up. So I'm just glad that they do get repaired because hopefully that decreases the possibility of, you know, a major uprising. But who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, so if y'all could build the battle bot of your dreams, what what powers would it have and what would you name it? Uh, and some examples they've got, they have the witch doctor, the kraken, the mammoth, hypershock, and whiplash. So those are some of the names that some of the favorites have. So with that information, my dears, what would you do? My BattleBot's power would be free parking wherever it goes. <laughs> and I would call my BattleBot um, that also had lasers. Um, that didn't do anything except look cool. Uh, I would call him or her. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to have a boy bot or a girl bot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe a non-binary bot. Non-binary bot. Um, BMO. Vegas Nerve. Oh, very nice. Yeah, a little biological. Just go with that science theme. But also Vegas, cool. but spelled V-A-G-U-S, you know? Wow. Brilliant. That's a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. I would I would make mine Shrek themed. I'd paint it Shrek green. And its power would be able to like it would be able to sit on the robots and squish them or like pin them down. Um <laughs> and I would call it the Shrekster. Oh my goodness. You guys are so imaginative. What do you got, Vogue? Uh, you know, I have like really simple needs. I'm like, what, what do I want? I think I want it to have some sort of like wind power. And so I mm-hmm. think it would be like shaped like a funnel or something with like a tongue. And maybe it like licks you and slaps you and it blows wind at you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the penchant for like uh, robot destruction. But see, now you got me thinking, Vogue, with the wind bot. I want a, a bot that farts. And sends like a noxious <laughs> cloud over to the other side. Oh, who's controlling that's a it? Wind power. So you go after you go after the controller, not the r- other robot. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's against the rules, David. Mm, Fartosaurus. <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Well, Lord, uh, we'll have to draw up sketches of our battle bots and then <laughs> submit them and see if they'll let us build something. <laughs> 
with our very qualified team. Oh, yes. <laughs> but yes, David and Sonia, thanks so much for this fun morning. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, you guys. This is fun. Thanks, folks. That was fun. Okay, y'all. Before you go, don't forget to take the listener survey. Help us out. It's citycast.fm forward slash survey. It'll take you like five minutes and it's citycast.fm forward slash survey. Help us and also enter for a chance to win a $250 Visa gift card. We want to know what you're going to get too. So send us photos. Enter, win things. We appreciate you. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson. Our producer is Layla Muhammad. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets. And our hosts are David Figler and me, Vogue Robinson. Music is by OG Moose and all the kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Nuwubi, the Southern Paiute people. If you enjoyed the show, go ahead and tell a friend or two or three or four. Rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. Everybody reads it. We'll be back on Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care. That was good. That was sweet. Perfect. That was amazing. Fabulous. It sounded like this listening to dope. a podcast. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, it's a podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be okay, David.